Hello, and welcome to a special edition of Relics of Ore about raiding, where we do some casual chats with various members of the community about the raiding CDI and what they're looking forward to and the potential for raiding in Guild Wars. I am Eric, a.k.a. Shongaku, and this week I am joined by the inimitable Evie. How are you doing this evening, Evie? I may or may not be very entrenched in the raiding CDI right now, so... I'm kind of here, I'm kind of not, but I will try to be professional, at least. That's good. We generally recommend professional. And the person who is always professional is also here, Spirit. How are you doing? Hi, way to call me out on the week when I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I will show up and talk about things, and then Eric said I was professional. That's right. So I'm sorry to disappoint you all immediately, but that happened. <laughs> you are a professional. We are also joined by someone from one of the oldest and biggest guilds out there, Goshkia, by the name of Soren. How are you doing this e- this evening, Soren? Hey, yes, I'm doing fantastic, considering I have interwebs. I'm hanging with you all, some fine people. Yeah, apparently you had some issues last week with the internet. What exactly happened? I heard, like, a car destroyed your internet? Uh, yeah, much so. Live out in the country, country right here, and uh, get our internet from satellite tower, and some guy and his car took the tower. Holy smokes, that's hardcore. Well, we're glad that your tower is back up and running. I hear that your internet actually got better afterwards. It actually did, which is surprising, but I am not going to complain. Very cool. Well, let's get right into it, and actually, first... Give us some background on Goshkia and sort of your experience with raiding and with uh, being part of a gigantic guild. Uh, well, Goshkia has been around for quite a while. Um, first met them in Warhammer Online when I got absolutely uh, face-stomped in one of their uh, events that they were doing. I was playing on the other side, and they were ba- in the Battle of the Badlands, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh yeah, didn't see them after that for quite a while, and then met up with them again here in uh, Guild Wars 2. Um, basically, Gushkia is a social gaming community um, that caters uh, towards the casual and uh, relaxed approach to gaming. Um, we're Celtic-themed, and uh, our membership spans across uh, many, many games. Uh, we're not just locked into uh, Guild Wars or ESO, though uh, those are our main two where uh, most of our crew is hanging out. Very cool. Well... Let's uh, move into the raiding discussion. You've done a fair amount with world bosses. You were uh, partnered for a while with uh, Tequaro Terror Squad, yes? Uh, yeah, quite a while. Uh, still actually a member, just not an official leader anymore uh, due to life getting super, super crazy and uh, some stuff happening in GSCH uh, that's now eaten a lot of my time. But Cool. Well, welcome welcome on board. They're doing a raid CDI, for those of you that don't know, Guild Wars 2. Uh, Chris Whiteside is heading up a basically a raiding CDI on the forums. We will have a link in the show notes for you. And there's a lot of discussion, and Evie and, and uh, Soren have both contributed to it. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of an idea of sort of what what you're looking at with rating Soren, and what your thoughts are on that just sort of an overview of what you'd like to see in guild wars well uh yeah i come from the uh world of non-traditional rating uh most of my stuff 
uh, don't laugh at me comes from Eve. Generally, I get some nasty looks when I say that. But uh, really, how do people like make fun of Eve? Like that's super hardcore. I don't know. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the open world is uh, pretty much what I live and love. And I like when uh, we can get communities together and band them together towards a common goal and a common cause, even if it is like herding cats some days. Uh, I, I do enjoy it and find it to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think a large part of like the issue people have with Eve as far as rating is concerned is just how open-ended it is compared to what most people think of as traditional rating, i.e. WoW. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I think uh, I think when most people think of raids, they think of the instanced uh, content, for sure. So we're looking at raids in Guild Wars 2, and we're looking at possibly having them implemented. What sort of systems do you think would... Guild Wars 2 lends itself towards for raiding. Do you think uh, open world bosses or what sorts of things are you looking at and thinking this would be cool to see? Adventure zones! Uh, open world bosses are still pretty cool too and I, uh, I'd i like to see them delve more into, more into that direction where we can get all our community kind of involved in stuff without having to worry about gear gates or level gates or you're not you know, in the right profession, you're the wrong class, et cetera, et cetera. What would you see an adventure zone zone functioning as? I would probably see them similar to what uh, we saw in Guild Wars 1, um, a, just like a big area uh, to explore that has, I guess, um, lots of really challenging content. Um, I think that's what Guild Wars 2 is missing right at the moment, is something that uh, is, is a true challenge uh, and will test your skill. That's one thing that has sort of been a question is, with the lack of a holy trinity, how do you see, with your experience with large-scale world bosses, how do you see ArenaNet creating a situation that is focused on on difficulty without necessarily going with the traditional roles that you see with tanking, healing, and DPS? That's... That's the trick, I think. Um, since it's not uh, traditional, we'd have to like turn to classes that can sort of... You know, like guardians are sort of okay at healing and keeping people up, or they could tank if necessary. Um, your warriors are kind of like that, depending on who's playing and how they've traded. One of the things we've talked about, uh, kind of in our speculation on rating, is having roles based around mechanics. For example, you're fighting a boss and there's a jumping puzzle, so you've got a jumping puzzle guy in your party who's really good at jumping puzzles. It can be any class that can do it, but he can get up there and operate whatever mechanics up there. And that's how you kind of have dedicated roles. You have people dedicating to performing certain tasks, but flexible and not necessarily having any requirements to them. Yeah, actually, I, I really like that idea. Like, um, yeah, so that you're not like keyed into certain classes or that holy trinity. Um, like you said, if it was mechanics based, that would be fantastic because, I mean, I can't jump with anything. Not not at all. People just give up and they're like, here, here. they're like, here, they're like, here's your portal. You're good. Um, or things like, you know, uh, puzzles. Maybe you have somebody that's really, really good at puzzles or um, can think outside the box sort of mm -hmm. deal. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to break up, break up the Zerg or, you know, into, into some groups that actually have value. Not saying that, not saying that the Zerg doesn't have value, but. Uh, talking about adventure zones, one thing I would like to, I guess, propose is I, I thought the Guild Wars 2 model was was very strong and compelling, but I think Guild Wars 2 could improve on it by making use of dynamic events and having different ones kick off at different times, maybe uh, a couple bonus ones randomly, hidden stuff. Uh, there's a lot of potential in an adventure zone and not a linear raid, so to speak, I guess. 
And I would really like to see that kind of maybe a push and pull system where you push one event and then if you let the other one, a defense fail, that one gets pushed or whatever. I would like to see very complex organization. Like you said, splitting the Zerg, um, not necessarily moving around all at once, but managing how your players move as part of the organization of the raid. How would you guys feel about like a rare chance for a really big boss to spawn? Like say something along the lines of Worm or Tequaddle, actually Worm is a much better example, that actually splits up your raid within this zone and each like group has to deal with one of the aspects of this event, which is a boss in its own right. I would even say not a rare spawn, just have those sorts of mechanics in there all the time. But, I don't know. I would like to see rarer stuff happen, but I would like also to have a very set path. Rarity brings up sort of one thing that Chris Whiteside was talking about, and one of the main things that he wants to talk about in the CDI is accessibility, how people access things. And Rarity is one way to control accessibility. The people who can run the content a lot, they, they will see the rarer stuff, and that rarer stuff is more accessible to them. Whereas the people who just pop in occasionally, they may not see that. So it's almost like a reward for getting good at the content to have those sorts of rare things. Soren, what do you think about accessibility, and what sort of level of accessibility do you see in being the for the best for the community as the whole in rating? I think it should be very accessible. Um, I know, I don't know if you guys have run into the same issue uh, where raids have kind of gotten some flack for being extremely elitist. Um, you have to have the best of the best gear. If you've never run them before, nobody worth their salt is going to pick you up in a group. Um, I think that uh, needs to be eliminated uh, big time there. Uh, just because somebody hasn't run a raid doesn't mean they might not be uh, a quick learner, catch on to it, be good. Uh, some people just don't ever have the chance to experience the content. Going on that idea just a little bit, um, <laughs> funny little story, when I was raiding back in them good old wild days, doing BC raids with the best of the best, quote quote, we got an application that was, was not that impressive, really. They had like no past experience whatsoever had okay gear but like not the best but at that point like no one has gear so it's just kind of and we were just like all right let's try this guy out and he came in and he ended up being the best pally healer i've ever seen in bc and it was an eight-year-old boy nah oh dude that's awesome hardcore that that's pretty neat, and that shows that in WoW, they have always been, after after Classic, after the first uh, vanilla WoW, they definitely went more accessible. It was still relatively inaccessible, just because you had you have always had to chain through the gear grind, and there was amount of, like, attunements that you had to do for, like, Serpent Strain Caverns. As but, well as the size. 25 man is a bit high. That is a lot of people. So with accessibility, do you feel that there should be accessibility where several people in the CDI have mentioned having things like requiring Dungeon Master or having a certain uh, achievement set? 
in order to get into the into the raids or even have guild the guild marks used to unlock the raids. Soren, what do you think about those sorts of systems or do you how do you feel about those? Well, if it's achievements or dungeon mastering, I will never see a raid ever because I don't do either. Uh, achievements I get by accident if they if they're gonna happen uh, and dungeons I just I I don't know why I like raiding and don't like dungeons but I I am not a dungeon fan. So how about uh, going with the guild route then? Guild routes um, it'd be okay for like huge guilds that have a 24 hour rep where they can get the members repping to get influence in order to spawn things to get merits. Um, I luckily have Sork and Fog was nice enough to give me Sork. Um, so I've been plugging in 60 gold every week to uh, maintain our three tech runs that I do during the week for those that uh, don't get to do it. Uh, and it's expensive, uh, really expensive. Uh, merits are fine because we do Sork missions uh, twice a week. Otherwise, uh, to be honest, I don't think we would have them. And uh, it would I can't even imagine the nightmare it would be for a smaller guild of like 20 or less. That's another thing. Um, I've started raiding in Terra. I'm just kind of getting my feet wet in that game. But um, one of the things we've been running into is we've got a very small guild and the raids are 10 and 20 man. Uh, so we've got usually five people and we can't even get in as a group of five. We have to split and hope we get together. Um, so in terms of having a small guild, I would like to see them be accessible, um, not entirely to a guild. Like, I don't want to have to have a whole guild run of 10 to 20 people to be able to get in there. I want to be able to bring in other people. I want to be able to mix and match. I would like to maybe even queue, like, as a five-man group and then have two other five-man groups from other groups, like, other guilds come in. Uh, so I want that... Uh, sort of grouping to be very flexible, so accommodating to if you do want to bring in all 15 or 20 people, I just want to be able to bring the the people I want to be able to bring, right? That's a, that's a very Guild Wars 2 thing, is play with who you want to play when you want to play it. Um, I don't want to have to wait to get in. In terms of, like, achievements or whatever to be able to gate it, Guild Wars 2 has a nice system with achievements where they could just do a very simple, like, here's a mechanic that we're going to teach you in the open world. Do it once you get in on all your characters. Not even like a, not completing dungeons, just like, okay, we're going to teach you this mechanic. Now you can go into the instance and that's all you have to do to get in. Just a very simple quick check to say, you know, so you go in somewhat prepared. So no one can really say, I've never seen this before. Exactly, because you can't get in until you've seen it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Going off the like, um, not waiting for a group idea. Someone in the CDI proposed having two modes for the raid. Um, one being mercenary mode and the other being, quote, guild mode. Guild mode being the more traditional, you have your entire group and you go in and you do your thing. Mercenary mode being where you would work for an NPC of some sort, although I don't really see why that's necessary. And there would be an LFG tool where as a player or a small group of players, you could join up with other single players or two or three people until you have your 15 man and go into this mercenary mode instance. 
It's a pretty interesting idea, having two different modes and having it geared towards different groups, which does actually raise some interesting questions, because to tune stuff very tightly, you generally need a set number of people to go in, so you can get really accurate numbers. With Guild Wars 2 and their scalability in the open world content and the tuning that goes in there, do you feel, Soren, that they could go with a variable-sized run and still have it tuned fairly complexly? I think they could, possibly. Uh, so that's a tough one. It would depend on, I guess, the systems in place and where Anet really wants to go with uh, with raiding. It would be a really nice concept to be able to have this like mercenary mode in a, and a guild mode so that you know if you did want to do stuff with your guildies, you could just up and go. Do you think that uh, what from what you've seen in Guild Wars 2 and from doing the large-scale content, what sorts of sizes of groups do you think would actually be fairly well-tuned? Or what size would you like to see being like the, this is the number you take in for the most tuned in ca- most tuned run? I would say probably around the 50-60 mark uh, would be ideal. Uh, it's not so many people that you... You know, you can't manage it and you're spending 90% of your time herding cats, but then it's not, you know, such a low number of people that, uh, I mean, well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter, but I, I like people. I like doing group things. So I would I would say around the 50, 60 mark for me, unless you wanted to go into like super, super huge ones like Worm and whatnot, and then you have your 150-ish people, give or take, which, which in its own right can be a lot of fun. Cool. That's, uh, with Relics of War is a smaller guild, so we generally can maybe, I think our, for our largest content, I think we managed to field, what, like 50 people total, Spirit? Possibly, yes. So, at one time. Yeah. So, that's interesting to see from a point of view of a larger guild, because we generally think like, oh, you know, like 8 to 16 people, that's a huge number of people. It is an interesting question that then comes to the question of personal responsibility versus guild responsibility. And Chris Whiteside talked, or versus personal responsibility versus group responsibility. And Chris Whiteside mentioned it, where in a group of, you know, 50 people, you're, you're 150th of the group. And so your responsibility is generally reduced. And we talked a little bit about mechanics. Do you see there being ways, for example, with the worm where it splits? What sorts of ways do you see them going about making personal responsibility a key thing without necessarily limiting the number of people that you can bring in? Well, I probably wouldn't use Worm for that example, but one that does strike me and comes to mind is actually the Marionette, uh, which I still think is probably one of the best boss runs that Anet has ever done, and I'm sad that it's not around. Um, not only were you able to get a full map in to work the lanes, um, then you had each individual lane had its own responsibility. And then once that lane went into the actual like platforms, each five-man team in that lane had a responsibility, which was to take out their boss on said platform. Obviously, there was repercussions if one of the five platforms failed, so more incentive there to work together and, and kind of plan. But I would argue that you also see that in Tequadal with the turrets and in Worm with your Reflect and Condi teams. Uh, there there are ways of making mechanics more specialized on both of those fights. Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. Uh, I will definitely definitely give you that. And hey, if you had a jumping puzzle in there and three people had to JP that sucker, which is an interesting question, do you see me- creating a situation where mechanics scale with group size, such as you bring 16 people and there's one jumping puzzle. All of a sudden now you've got 50 people and there's like four jumping puzzles. Yes. 
if they ever yes <laughs> if they ever did an instance version of the marionette i can see them closing off different lanes and different platforms so say if you go in with 15 there's three lanes open a group of five in each lane and then when it splits to the platforms there's one for each boss and the bosses are less hard to kill whereas if you go in with 25 there's five lanes open five in each lane and then again five on the platforms or even more than that up to whatever the whatever it was balanced for when it was live which was a whole map do you see then potentially going with adventure zones that are balanced around full map then 150 people all going in so that it scales from like you know you bring your 15 grouped all the way up to 150 i think that with the way they have open world bosses already and how i hope they will continue introducing new world bosses as the game evolves that their focus in raiding is more towards um not necessarily small but smaller instance content where a relatively large group of people at least compared to dungeons will have to coordinate very tightly in order to complete it so as far as scaling goes, which is something that ANET is actually really good at compared to most uh, developing, I I see them going anywhere between, say, 15 all the way up to 50 as far as scaling this huge area for that many players. Anything beyond that, and it basically just becomes a new map. Yeah, that's I've... a lot of people. I really hope they accommodate the lower middle end because I feel like that's a big gap in the game right now. We've got, you know, your your dungeons for your your dedicated group of five, um, and then you've got if you want big group content, there's you know the world bosses, will be world I guess also counts, but there's a kind of a lack I, in my opinion at least of stuff to do between five and fifty, and I would really like to see raids kind of fill that gap um, optionally. I, I would really like to see scaling raids so that you can take as many people as you want, but I know um, if you've got eight people and you're like, let's go do dungeons, then people are going to get left out, and I'm always sad about that. So I would I would like to be able to include the uh, the numbers that aren't aren't five or fifty, I suppose. Well, I guess there's nothing stopping in it really from making say like three sets. Like you could have your lower tiered raids, right, for your um, say you're like 8 to 10 you could have some medium tier raids which could be like 20 to 25 and then your bigger ones for 50 plus design wise as far as like making the actual content you're right but the, the biggest issue with that is the reward system that's where people will start being like well we have more people so we should get more and that ends up becoming just this huge debate that is honestly not worth it Unless they make rewards Reward individualized, which is something that I really think should happen. But that's so just they've, me. they've done a lot of stuff to change rewards, and I would just like to take a moment to call out Evie's beautiful segue. I was trying to figure out how to segue to rewards, and Evie just slow clap. You just ruined it! I have to. It's, it's my retirement. <laughs> Uh, so Soren, talking about rewards, what sorts of things do you see Anet doing in a raids to create a equitable or interesting even reward system? Um, I actually greatly enjoy the uh, 
SPVP reward tracks. Um, I think it would be a ideal way if we wanted to go like um, instead of having to roll for loot uh, and everybody getting their own sort of based off of what they contribute. Uh, that might be a way to go. Uh, it'd be cool to see some ascended drops every now and again, uh, or basically just things that would benefit uh, raiders in general. Like there's nothing more depressing than getting loot that you're like, this is not going to help me at all. Yeah, and. That is another that that will be something that we'll talk about a little bit. Balance uh, what gear set to balance it around. Uh, so, as far as reward tracks, how would you see a reward track working in in a raid type situation? Um, I would kind of see it as working as stages. So um, you could probably take from dungeons in uh, this aspect. So um, the further along in the raid you get, um, will earn you so much more uh, experience, I guess, for your reward track. Um, and then once you say uh, complete so many raids or do so many things correct uh, or even mentor somebody, well, that's a whole different ballpark, but uh, you would get, you know, your XP. And then after a certain amount of time, you would hit the end of that reward track and then you would get uh, some form of loot. Okay. Um, this is actually going a little bit into the proposal I made on the CDI. I threw out the idea of something called the synthesis track, which plays off of both the existing SPVP reward tracks and the Mystic Forge. And I, I know I just said Mystic Forge, and like a hundred yeah. people just went, Ugh! I, I think we all just yeah, shuddered. <laughs> I, wait, are we talking about something? I froze up for a second there, like mentally. But But hold on, hear me out. With this system players would be able to not only input materials and things that they would get from the raid, but from the game as a whole, like, say, oh, tier 6 materials or this, whatever, and there would be raid-specific tracks that you would gain experience in and you could sort of synthesize new items using existing materials by using that experience that you get in a raid. It would actually be pretty interesting. So you'd be basically getting like a raid XP and it would be spent or used either on a track or on synthesizing materials. Mm -hmm. And the a synthesis track would be used for pretty much anything you can obtain in the game that is, quote, a long-term goal. So things like precursors, uh ascended armor and weapons even exotic runes and if they ever come out with them ascended runes so what if you what do you guys think of looking at dry top which is a just a fantastically designed zone i think from a ward spectrum what do you think of doing something similar to that only because it's only in a group based setting wherein you have certain things that you do in the zone. It increases your reward rate by completing things at certain reward levels. You're getting larger, more and more of a zone-specific, essentially token, which was geodes in dry top. What do you guys think about implementing that system in an adventure zone? Uh, do you think that that would work? Why, why not? Sorn? I think it has the potential. Um, dry Top seems to work really, really well, and that's uh, one map that I really enjoy mucking around in when I have spare time. Uh, and I think um, I think people might be more receptive to that per se, just because um, you're actively doing stuff, which is forcing you to you know like work together and carry on sort of like that same theme. Uh, and everybody likes 
to win loot and everybody likes cheap loot so it's more incentive to work together to get to those higher tiers i think i would also i think something that dry top does really well is it rewards um efficiency and completion um so going out and finding all of those those events that are you know way up at the top of the map or way you know kind of off to the side and doing those um you know everything sort of has to get not not everything but the more things you are able to do well, because then there's bonuses within those events, the better your rewards are going to be. And I would absolutely love to see that in rating, because I think this game tends to reward completion, but not excellence. Like I, w- I would really like a motivation to to push my team to do very well in a rating. Okay, kind of playing on that idea, um, when Hybrid from DNT did his CDI proposal and whatnot, I countered with his idea for like a high difficulty rating and hard to get to accessibility with a secondary mode for the raid where you would pay some sort of like sacrifice of sorts when you first go in with say gold materials or whatever whatever you choose and as long as you do the raid without dying that whatever you put into it will exponentially grow until you either come out and you take your reward or you finish it. But if you die, you completely lose it. Interesting. And that actually links into the concept of lockouts and how long the raid could go for. Uh, a pretty common thing with raiding is that you go in and maybe you down two bosses with your group and then you leave and then maybe you join up another group to continue killing other bosses and that sort of thing and you get basically saved to boss. Soren, how do you see something like that working in an adventure zone type environment or in the raids that you're envisioning? Do you see you go in and do it all at once and then if you leave it's clear it resets? Or do you see it more being focused on, like, oh, you work on the raid throughout a week? How do you see that playing out? Oh, that's a tough one. Some days it would be nice to just blitz through it and do it all, but some days um, it just, I don't know, it might not be possible for our more casual like players, uh, especially like I'll use GSCH as an example. Um, we're a very casual guild, so uh, we don't get on for huge, huge lengths of time usually. Um, usually about 40 or so people at any given night. Uh, and I think it might be pretty hard for some to have to dedicate, say, like a three-hour block of playtime to just do a raid if there's no saves or anything. Um, and I think lots of people might feel cheated if they get in there and they're busting their butt and they get to the, you know, second last end guy and then they have to go cause life calls. And then, you know, they're feeling cheated cause then they essentially have put all that time and invested all that time and got nothing out of it. That would be really frustrating. What do you think Evie? How about a system where it's, you could, like go in and finish it if you so wish but if you want to save your progress there is an option to where the next time you come into the instance it'll be where you left it and then you can either keep going or you can leave again and just clear your save file so to speak and then go into a fresh instance domain of anguish 
Domain of Anguish was an interesting way of doing it because it actually broke it up into multiple adventure zones with a very straightforward goal for each of those adventure zones. Do you, so do you see it more spirit then if you're going in, you do one zone and that's a meta event that leads to a boss, another zone that's a meta event that leads to a boss? Almost like the wing system in World of Warcraft where you would clear a wing, clear another wing, clear another wing. Uh, so do you see it, or would you prefer to see it in all in one area, and then you're saved maybe per meta event? Soren? Um, oh, that was not directed I at me. I was sort of direct. I, I, I like oh. having Soren talk. She's our special <laughs> go guest. Ahead, Spirit. Go, ahead. go for it, Spirit. Uh, that's right. No, go for it, Spirit. Uh, in Guild Wars 2, I actually envision it working more akin to... Uh, actually, yeah, the way I think of it is more in line with the living story, which I know is a weird comparison to make, but I see it working like you go in, you play through a set of events, and then it saves it as a cha- like a chapter, and you can pick up at the same chapter. People who are on the same chapters, you can join in and get progress for it also, but then you can reset and pick from different chapters. Does that make sense? Oh, that's actually pretty cool. That would be pretty interesting. That does limit the complexity that you can have, because if you have branching options and different kinds of fail states, it does make it difficult to record all of those in that sort of system. Well, you could have the states within each chapter, sort of, I guess. So the push-pull within each chapter. Okay, but that's... Within that said, though, uh, most raids, like... In a reading experience, I honestly believe that if there's a fail state, it should basically be you die, and you either try again, or you do something else. So, that actually brings up an interesting point. Soren, one of the things that happened in Guild Wars 1 was if you failed at a adventure zone, Fisher of Woe Underworld, you died and you had to restart everything over again. Do you feel that that's fair, or do you would you be interested in what would you be interested in seeing in that sort of situation? Oh, as a former Guild Ones player who hated <laughs> Fisher Woe with a fiery passion, that's appropriate. Uh, no, I'd be to- I I would be totally okay with that. Um, it just meant that you had to get better. It was either you got better or you you wouldn't progress. So um, I think it's a great learning experience for for people that are wanting to test their skills and push their skills. Um, obviously, some people aren't going to like that, but um, I don't know. I I kind I kind of enjoyed that to a point. It gets frustrating sometimes, but uh, when you get to that end, though, holy wow, does it feel good? While I do agree that getting to the end does feel good, is the experience diminished because you have sort of the security net of knowing that if you fail this like third boss? you're not going to have to do the first and second one again, even though you're, you are you know you can do it and you've done it multiple times, but you're on the third boss now. I, uh, see, I don't know. I come from, like, I guess the old school kind of gaming, which is sort of different from, I would say, today's gaming, where, you know, stuff like that, I was okay with it. Um, you know, gets frustrating after all. But I think with today's gamers... Um, I'm not sure how well that would fly. Like, there would probably have to be some sort of way for these to be, like, super successful uh, to, like you said, maybe uh, if you died, you got a restart from, like, a previous checkpoint. But once you left, say, the instance, you you were done. You had to start over. 
then again, that also gets to the point too, where, you know, you get so far in and then it's like real life calls and you have to leave and you're like, wow, crud. Yeah, I don't know. I could, yeah, I don't know. That one's tough. That's a tough question. Honestly, in terms of Guild Wars 2, with the way they've done everything in the past and the sort of market that's in the game and the player base and whatnot, as far as making losing, quote, punishing, it would be very easy for Anet to make it too punishing for the player base as a whole, for them to really tolerate it. SAB World 2? Hmm? I loved SAB. Don't you don't oh, you diss no, World 2. No. So this is a sad truth, but one of my breaks occurred when SAB World 2, my Guild Wars breaks occurred when SAB World 2 came out, which was really sad because I've never actually finished it, and I feel like a terrible Guild Wars player for having not done that, especially someone who loves JPs. You are not a terrible Guild Wars player, but your feet are never on the ground. I'll... Con- I'll- to that <laughs> world's worst jumper here and i love the boss <laughs> well hopefully we'll see it again so that i can actually get in there and play it and maybe they'll like bring skin colors back but anyways that's neither here nor there but it does actually talk about rewards as well as we talked a little bit about that but gearing for the raid type environment soren what sort of gear do you think is should be required uh in in a raid environment in Guild Wars 2? I would definitely say exotics, uh, for sure. Um, they're fairly easy to get a hold of, and I think by the time everybody's 80, they've got at least a few pieces or access to them. Uh, Ascended, on the other hand, might be a little tricky, because that might be getting into where you're gear-gating people, uh, and you'll get parties that are like, well, if you don't have all ascended you can't come you can't play you can't do this um so i think if they were going to do stuff based off of gear i think exotic would be a nice baseline do you think that potentially building it into where you actually build up your ascended set through the through a dungeon progression path or and maybe certain chapters requiring ascended gear do you think that that would be fair or do you think that it should focus primarily on exotic that would probably be fair if um, there was access to them in-game. So, like, um, if you weren't forced to grind fractals, if you weren't forced to craft for it. Uh, I'm fighting for you, anti-crafters of the world. There's another one, finally! It's... Yes, there is another one of you! I, I just think um, if you're gated by stuff like that, it's it's really, really tough to get people in, especially if it's um, the only way to get it is to do something that you hate. Uh, I yeah. I honestly think, going off of this whole idea, that if there is going to be a sort of gate into raiding, that it should be exotic gear. And like at maximum, it should be that if you want to enter the raid, you have to have exotic gear in all of your slots. However, sort of playing off of the raids are the top tier of an MMO, the rewards should be ascended. That should be the baseline of raids, in my opinion, as far as what you are rewarded. And if they do do that with their first raid, going forward with, say, the second one, the third one, whatever, as as we move on, they could design that content to be done with ascended gear. Yeah, it'd, it'd be pretty cool with that, so long as that there was a way for uh, for people to actually get a hold of it. Um, and if it came from raiding, like 
you know, you beat this raid, you got ascended. Hallelujah, because even better, because that'll draw more people into and raiding. That, like, it comes from raiding in the sense that it comes from fractals either. Like, someone that consistently raids for a month, maybe two months, will have full ascended by the time that they're, like, out of there, basically. So do you see that if that happens, it affecting world versus world? Like, for example, during the off-season, when they're not doing a uh, WW competitive season, do you see maybe WW-centric worlds, if that exists, doing raids more uh, pretty consistently to get themselves geared up for the next season? Honestly, when I think of raiding, I don't think about any sort of PvP implications of it. Because I'm a firm believer that each system should be able to, first of all, feed itself, so to speak. But I do realize that there is some sort of interlap between them, obviously, because of the Ascended Gear issue with World v. World. And that's more of an issue of accessibility of Ascended Gear within World v. World, rather than the rest of the game. So, basically... If it is easily accessible in rating, it should also be just as easily accessible within the same amount of time frame for Wolfy World. Exclusively in Wolfy World. Because most, or well, I won't say most, but there is a good fraction of the Wolfy World player base that does not PvE at all, and they shouldn't have to. No, I agree. I agree. Very cool. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Soren. We're going up on uh, 40 minutes here, so we're actually going to cut it out. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, like to say about rating or anything that you feel like we need to touch on? Well, I think we've hit on all the important stuff anyway that I'm interested in. Very cool. Then last question. Food buffs, yes or no? Yes. Fritties for the win! <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Relics of Ore. I'm going to run the actual Ryan's awesome sounding trailer at the end. Soren, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you, uh, do you have a Twitter or a web page or anything like that? Uh, you guys can hit me up at uh, Gushkia website, always there, or um, Greywind24 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to poke me. And I run regular Tequato raids Monday, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. PST or 5 a.m. server. And you don't want to miss Wednesdays because they are wild. Now, that Very Twitter cool. handle, is it Grey with an A or an E? E. There you go, people. Grey with an E. Awesome. All right, Evie, how can people get a hold of you or follow you? I, um... Being his, that's not in our bumper. I'm not in the bumper? No one's in the bumper. It's just the Relics of War stuff. I'm special. I should be in the bumper. Anyway, um, you can find me on the Twitters at Evenus. That's E-V-E-E-N-U-S. Um, I generally don't randomly post things, but I do reply to pretty much everyone that sends me anything. Unless it's about something that I don't want to talk about, and then I'll just tell you I don't want to talk about it. Cool. Spirit, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DemViolos. Those accursed tiny or large violins. Or, or the flowers. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that. Oh, I, I check all the relics stuff, so if you send anything to relics, I will see it. Very cool. You can follow me at Shongaku, or I will occasionally be 
trolling the Relics of Ore Twitter account as well. And I do check the email as well as that. So, thank you guys for listening. We hope to hear from you guys about the show, what you think. And we will see you guys. We'll not see you guys because you're not actually, we can't, we don't have a chat room or anything. But you can hear us again on the next show. That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam, and many more just by looking up Relics of War. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com or go to our website, relicsoforr.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget to put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel Run, that's a C, and then Squirrel, and then Run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market, and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show. 